Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be entering week 17 here in the NFL season and going over the final Thursday night special of the year. When I started the Thursday night special in week one, I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to incorporate different podcasts to focus on different games. And this one obviously was no exception to that. I wanted to really focus on the Thursday night game and get you guys as situated as possible. We're entering a big week, not only for the NFL, but for fantasy purposes as well. As a lot of fantasy owners are now preparing if they're still alive for a championship week, whether it's a one-week week or a two-week week. So there's a lot of people most likely watching that game for that reason alone. And on top of that, we got a very intriguing matchup between the Cowboys and the Titans. Before we can go over that matchup, though, we got to take a look at last Thursday night's matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. The Jaguars win 19-3 to improve to a 7-8 record, and the Jets fall to 7-8, but the Jaguars are now first in the AFC South. Trevor Lawrence, 20-31, for 229-0-0. 0-0. Travis Etienne, 22-83, rushing the football. He also had three catches for 29 yards. And Evan Ingram had seven catches for 113 yards on the day as well. Trevor Lawrence did have that rushing touchdown, by the way. Look on the defensive side for the Jaguars. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, did have a takeaway. And on the flip side for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson started the game going 9 for 18 for 92 yards and an interception. And then Streveler, Chris Streveler, the backup, 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 however many quarterbacks they have, 10 for 15, 90 yards rushing. He also was their leading, sorry, passing, is also was their leading rusher. Nine carries, 54 yards. Actual running backs are concerned. Uh, Johnson, Ty Johnson was their leading runner at two rushes, seven yards. Michael Carter, two rushes, six yards. And Zonovan Knight, six rushes, negative two yards. Michael Carter did have five catches for 94 yards in the day, so, so there's a little bit of optimism there. But bottom line, running backs, they accumulated 13 rushing yards. That's not going to cut it. On top of that, it was another disappointing performance for Zach Wilson. You know, there was a lot of expectation with Zach Wilson, not only to start the year, but as the year progressed to maybe kind of find a turning point and find his way back into the system and find his way back into an established quarterback in the NFL. The Jaguars have kind of came out of nowhere. They're 4-1 of their last five games. I think a lot of Jaguars fans can admit, unless you were really optimistic, that the Jaguars didn't seem to have any plans of making it into the postseason let alone winning their division. And on the flip side for the Titans, they're 0-5 in their last five games on a five-game losing streak. So it's been a complete opposite end for those spectrums there. And the Jaguars now sit atop the AFC South with a 7-8 and record. Trevor Lawrence has been playing phenomenal. Overall, the team's been playing very solid. And coming up for the Jaguars, they have on the road against Houston, who just beat Tennessee. And then they face Tennessee in the final week of the season, potentially win and get into the playoffs. Obviously, the loser would most likely not make it, even though they're still technically alive in the wild card round. So that's where the Jaguars are sitting right now. The Jets, however, they are 1-4 in their last five games as well. They've been going on the wrong trend backwards. And a lot of that's been for multiple reasons. You know, Mike White's been injured. Zach Wilson's been struggling. You take a look at the Jets in their quarterback room alone. you got Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Cade Streveler. So four quarterbacks right there that honestly on paper sounds really good and they haven't been able to figure it out. They're on that four-game losing streak like I mentioned. Their road became a bit more tougher. They got two road games to end the season, first at Seattle and then at Miami. 
I believe they have to win out to have a chance at the playoffs, and they also have to have some things go their way, because right now, as the wild card is sitting, the Patriots, Jets, Titans, and Steelers all are sitting with a 7-8 and eight record, and the Raiders are 6-9. and nine. I believe the Raiders still have a small path as well into the postseason. But overall, this was a devastating loss for the Jets because when you look at the Jets' season and you look at maybe the expectations, you were expecting them, the way that they started, to sneak into a spot. And honestly, we're contending for the AFC East crown. When you look at primetime games, as the NFL does include one primetime game for every team, the Jaguars and Jets in this Week 16 Thursday night matchup was a matchup that a lot of people were expecting to not go that well. But the opposite was actually the case. And both teams played very, well, they didn't play fine in this game, but they've been playing final year. And overall, this was just a devastating blow to them. Zach Wilson will be inactive for next week's matchup, and Mike White will return to being the starting quarterback. And like I mentioned, I believe the Jets need to win two games and the Patriots need to lose one. And if I'm correct on that, then the Jets would be making the postseason run. The Jaguars, they basically have to win the game against Tennessee. I'm not sure if they have to beat the Texans. They should beat the Texans, but again, the Titans just lost them. So... It was an interesting game nonetheless, and let's go ahead and take a look at this week's matchup between the Cowgirls and the Titans. I mentioned we have now progressed into Week 17, and we're going to talk about the Cowgirls and the Titans facing off in this Thursday night matchup. And this game increasingly has become very important for multiple reasons. One, the Cowboys are still looking to potentially get the NFC East crown in order to, in order to do so. They would need to win out, and the Eagles would need to lose out. More importantly for the Cowboys, though, they want to maintain that good wild card spot that they're sitting at right now, you know, as you look at the wild card, they're sitting comfortably. And I believe they have clinched the number five spot at the bare minimum, but they have a chance too to be the number one seed if they win out and the Eagles lose out and the Vikings lose the game. Then they have, I think, will be the one seed. So there is a lot of, you know, room for them to continue to grow and room for them to have success down the line. So that's going to be a big matchup there. And they also face the Commanders on the road to end the season, which the Commanders are very battle-tested and wanting to potentially make a postseason run of their self, they're going to want to win that game. So they've got two tough challenges, both on the road. It's not the easiest thing in the world to win on the road, so that's going to be a big matchup there for them. Whereas the Titans are now sitting at a 7-8 and record and are sitting second in the AFC South. I mentioned they got the Cowboys this week before taking on the Jaguars to end the season. And this is an opportunity for Tennessee to kind of redeem themselves and head on the right foot moving forward because they're on that five-game losing streak. Tough losses, obviously, last week. The Texans by five, Chargers by three, and they kind of got throttled by the Jaguars and Eagles. They also lost the Bengals by four. So it's been a difficult stretch for them. They obviously have been there before. Mike Vrabel has brought a Tennessee Titans team to the postseason, actually knocked off Tom Brady. So they have that experience. The question is, can they get there? So this game has so much importance moving forward. Taking a look at my two keys to success for the Cowboys, the first one's going to be keep the offensive production going. I'm not saying that the Cowboys haven't had offensive production, but I feel like there's been a very period of time, whether it was last year or even to start this season, where the offense wasn't as anticipated. And looking at the weapons that they have, they got to find a way to make it work, and they've been doing a great job of that. You know, if I'm going to be honest, their one, I guess, dark horse or their one kind of letdown has been Dak Prescott in some aspects because Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have both been playing phenomenal at the running back position. They've also done a very good job. Kellen Moore has done a great job of incorporating Zeke and Tony Pollard into the offense, whether, you know, that's getting Zeke more carries in the red zone, Pollard in open field, you know, whatever it is. Keeping an equal balance between the two has actually been really well managed. It's been exciting to see. 
You know, looking at the wide receivers, C.D. Lamb. Uh, C.D. Lamb's been breaking out tremendously. Dalton Schultz has been a little bit of quiet as of late. But overall, the offense for the Cowboys has been phenomenal. So if they're able to go into Tennessee and take on the Cow- or the Titans by continuing to do that and get the offensive production going, I'm really expecting good results from them in this one. And also, too, is their defense. Their defense has been good as well. You know, going into this matchup, Michael Parsons was questionable. Sorry, last week's matchup. Uh, Michael Parsons was questionable. Marcus Lawrence is questionable in this game, same with Leighton Vander Esch. So there's been um there's been some question marks there on the defensive side as far as in, excuse me, injuries and staying healthy. Being a full healthy defensive unit, Cowboys arguably have the best linebacking core in all of football. They're gonna need to stop Derrick Henry because as you've been able to tell with the Titans, the Titans really don't have that much success. They haven't had much success recently, but especially when Derrick Henry is not being the lead back and or being lead back, but not getting the production that you want. On top of that, you'd also want to see the Titans to kind of manipulate them in the passing game where the running game is some, somewhat hard to uh, stop, especially if Derrick Henry gets going. For the Titans, my first key to success is find a way to stop the Cowboys' passing attack. You know, the Titans' defense, in my opinion, historically has been better than it is this season. You know, their defense isn't terrible. They've got some good weapons there on the defensive side. That's kind of helped them move in the right direction forward. Bayard's been there, long hooker. Fulton, uh, but you look at maybe the Cowboys offense, how they're going to fare against Tennessee. And this is an opportunity for Tennessee, especially with the way that they're trying to be built, where it's run the football and play defense, an opportunity to slow the Cowboys passing attack down. Or offense, I should say, not necessarily passing attack. And on the flip side for the Titans, run the football very efficiently and also play great defense. So if they're able to stop the Cowboys passing attack, or just the offense in general, it will hopefully lead them in the right foot. And also, get the White House more involved. You know, Robert Woods, Nick Akine, Westbrook. Westbrook Akine, whatever, same thing. Overall, the wideouts are important. And I know that the Titans aren't built to have the wide receiver cores that some of the more prolific teams have, like the Eagles, for example. But at the same time, they are NFL wide receivers. So getting them into the position to have success is going to be huge. Because at the end of the day, Derrick Henry is a beast of itself. But when a defense knows that you're going to be running Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry every single time, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, you know what, we need to change things up a little bit. We need to get the passing game going. We need to get Tannehill established. And that really just hasn't been the case for them. So moving forward, that's going to be something that I want to see them fix and address. And if they're able to do so, it's going to lead them in a better direction to have success down the line. And finally, everybody's favorite portion, and honestly, most important portion probably of this podcast is a fantasy portion where I'm going to give you my must-start, my must-sit, my sleeper, and bust going into this championship week, unless your season has already ended. Let's go ahead and take a look at my first must-start, and it's going to be Noah Brown. This might come as a surprise to some people. With these must-starts, slits, sits, not slits, sleepers and busts, I try to kind of be like level-headed. Obviously, Derrick Henry is a must-start. Dak Prescott, Zeke, Pollard, must-start. You know, like you get the gist of it, but I want to go for some of these other guys that not many people know too much about. And Noah Brown is a perfect option for that. You know, last week he only had one reception for five yards, but the previous two weeks he had 22 points and 12 yards. And you look at the grand scheme of things, the way he started the year, 11 points, 20 points, and 10 points, you kind of see a stretch where he has two or three solid games before kind of falling off the radar a little bit and coming back. With that being said, going into this week against the Titans, I think it's a perfect matchup for him. A lot of the attention is going to be focused on the other wide receivers like CeeDee Lamb, even Dalton Schultz for that matter. And Noah Brown's going to get a relatively good matchup and find opportunities that Dak Prescott, sorry, Dak Prescott will find opportunities 
to get him set and situated in the right direction so he's able to kind of get Noah Brown more involved and get that offense more involved. Because at the end of the day, for um, kind of where this offense runs, having a solid third or fourth option is going to be vital, especially come postseason time when, you know, overall it's difficult to kind of see where the two collide and the two coincide, I guess is a better way to put it. But overall, this is going to be a fun matchup for Noah Brown. I'm expecting a good amount of fantasy points. I am going to go with a hot take here and saying Noah Brown will get in the end zone. Um, hopefully, CD gets a lot of targets because I got CD in my $500 championship league, so that'd be huge. But overall, you do expect a good performance from Noah Brown, and that's why he's going to be my must-start going into this week. My must-sit is unfortunately going to be Robert Woods. Man, there was a time when Robert Woods was with the LA Rams, and he was one of those guys that you were starting every week. He went down with that ACL injury. And even when he didn't have that ACL injury and he was with Cooper Cup, you know, he was a guy that um, you know, the Rams would go to a lot and then have success that way. This year, however, with him going to Tennessee, it hasn't really been the case. And I would be curious to see how his frustration level is because he comes from Sean McVay in more of a passing-style offense to a Tennessee offense where you run the football heavily and don't get the the passers and wide receiving more involved, it's got to be a little bit difficult to kind of deal with that and kind of handle that adversity. But overall, Robert Woods has only gotten over 10 points three weeks, and he's played in every single game this season. So that's very concerning. On top of that, you're going against a guy, you know, like the cornerbacks on the Cowboys, Trayvon Diggs, for example. Nobody wants to go against him. Their secondary is phenomenal. It's just a really bad matchup. Now, you can be that one guy, because there's always that one guy, I feel like, at Thursday night that just surprises everybody, goes off, has tremendous amount of success. This is an opportunity where Robert Woods could be that case and be that guy that just kind of goes off and goes for a 20-point performance. But when you're sitting at a situation that you're sitting in now with potentially having the league championship be on the line, it's too high risk to go ahead and go with a guy like Robert Woods. And even if other wide receivers have success, which is going to be my sleeper, I'm not expecting him to really have the production that I think a lot of people might be expecting. My sleeper is going to be Nick westbrook Ekine. Now, this is going to be an interesting one, to say the least, but this guy has shown tremendous amounts of 0 points to 28 points. And honestly, he's a boomer bust kind of guy. He's going to be a big weapon down the field. You know, looking at some of these stats here, 2 for 72 yards against Washington, 5 for 119 against the Broncos. This is a perfect opportunity for him to kind of not break through the scene, but I'm expecting the Titans to you know kind of struggle with the running game a little bit and have to throw the ball with Tannehill. Not Tannehill. I, I know I keep saying Tannehill this whole podcast. Meant to say Malik Willis because Tannehill's been out for the year, so now I sound like a complete idiot. But regardless, you know, Malik Willis has struggled throwing the ball, you know, effectively. Nick Westbrook, he kind's going to be a perfect opportunity for him to kind of throw the ball downfield and have success that way. On top of that, he is a sleeper, so he is a boomer bust player. You would probably try to avoid him at all costs. But going into this matchup here, I'm not expecting him to jump off the scene, but I think he's going to give you a good amount of points here, and you know, you're going to be able to have success with that moving forward. And my bust this week is going to be Malik Willis. Now, Malik Willis is going to be my bust, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of people have rostered him, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of ends up going off because he is a very you know, rush-heavy quarterback. He does struggle with his turnovers. He's only thrown one touchdown and three interceptions on the year. On top of that, he's 7 for 43 and one rushing touchdown in his last game, and this is an opportunity for him to kind of make his presence known in the National Football League and for fantasy owners. Kind of spoiler, I'm thinking Malik Willis is going to be a good option next year because... 
You think of the concerns that a lot of franchises had with Malik Willis, and it was obviously his pass accuracy. At the same time, though, Lamar Jackson did have that similar situation where his pass accuracy wasn't great coming out of college, and look where he's ended up being, you know, now in his second well, in his second season in the NFL. I think Malik Willis is a similar boat, but his turnovers and his inability to pass the ball effectively, although I do think Nick Westbrook, E. Kine, is going to have a good game. The other wide receivers are going to struggle, and it's going to be difficult for Malik Willis to get in the groove. It's definitely not the right time to start Malik Willis, but as we progress into the fantasy portion next season, Malik Willis is a guy that, especially if you're in an auction league, he's going to be a good budget quarterback to go after and have success with down the line. That's it. That's it for our Week 17 Thursday Night Special. That's also it for the Thursday Night Specials this season. I'm not too sure what I'm going to do for Week 18 with there being no Thursday Night Games. I might. What I might do is I might kind of split it into two shows and go over certain matchups and certain games. Or just do one long show. I haven't really fully decided. But unfortunately, this was the last Thursday night special. I hope you guys did enjoy it. I plan on bringing Thursday night specials back next season. And I'm also debating about bringing a Monday night special as well. Which I think will be interesting to notice too. But at the same time, you know, with most of the games being played on Sunday, Fantasy Revelance uh, wouldn't really be that important to do so. So there's a lot of question marks down the line. I'd be curious to hear your guys' opinions on that moving forward. Make sure you follow The Truth, though, on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value you guys don't want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, signing out. Take care and have a great night. Peace.